Today, we're starting a six-week series on worship. And this is a series that Ants and I have wanted to do along with the rest of the team for about a year. Because worship, worship is so important to the life of every believer. It's, it's who we are. We, as believers, we worship. And worship itself is so beautifully unifying. Because we can look around and we see people who are like us. We see people who are different from us. We see people we know, people we don't know. People, everyone has different stories here. Everyone has different concerns, different joys that we bring into this space. And yet we come together here with all of our differences to worship the same God. We gather as the people of God to worship. Worship can be so powerful because it's in worship. When we worship that we come alive to God. When we choose to worship, we open ourselves up to God's presence that is with us. When we worship, we let God know that we are here and that we are ready. Worship isn't bound to a set time or set space or set style of music. Worship is so much bigger than Sunday mornings. It's bigger than singing songs. It's bigger than hearing a sermon. It's bigger than reading scripture. Worship is bigger than any set series of actions. It's bigger than any, than any pool of words. Worship is what we were created to do. It's in our DNA. It's it's who we are. We were created to worship the Lord. We were created to declare the glory of God, to declare what God has done, what God is doing, and what we know he will do. We were created to declare the promises of God, to declare his truth. Such a part of us. It's, it's in worship, when we worship, that we focus in on, that we fix our attention on God. It's, and it's as it said in, in today's passage, that, that when we focus our attention on God, when we fix our attention on him, when we worship him in this manner, that we are changed from the inside out. Worship is powerful, but what I especially love about today's passage and why I read it from the message translation is because this, these two verses remind us of how truly broad worship is and how worship cannot be contained 
And so let's look again at the very first sentence that we looked at, where Eugene Peterson translates it. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. My freshman year of college, all these years later, I still remember this conversation with my friend Ben. He doesn't remember it because I asked him this past week, I said, do you remember something you told me? He said, no, but it sounds like me. But I remember it because that was one of the first conversations that someone had had with me about I see gifts in you for ministry. And so we were talking about that and we were talking about just our walks with God. And the only real thing I remember Ben saying in that conversation was that eating a bowl of cereal can be an act of worship. Eating a bowl of cereal can be an act of worship. Because what worship is at its core is an attitude of the heart. It's what our heart is focused on. We can worship anything and anyone. But we are created to worship God. And worship is about focusing in on him. It's about having God be the focus of our heart. And when we look at worship in that way, then everywhere we go, no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, that can be a place of worship. Everything we do can become an act of worship if God is at the forefront of our heart. If we are saying that God is what our heart is fixed upon. If we look at worship in that way, then even eating a bowl of cereal can be an act of worship. Because if in that moment that we are eating our cereal, that our heart is aware of God's presence with us. That our heart acknowledges that, that yes, God is choosing to be present with us. That God in that moment is pursuing us. That God in that moment desires us. Even as we are just eating our cereal, that the creator of the heavens and the earth is there. Eating a bowl of cereal can be an act of worship. Anything we do, anywhere we are, can be a place of worship. The thing is, the easy thing often for us to do is to set limits on worship, to fix worship to to certain times, certain spaces, certain acts. Because when we look at worship 
as being able to be done anywhere. When we, when we look at every part of our day as opportunities to be in the presence of God, when we look at our schedule, when we think about what we do usually, and we look at those times as places where we can fix our hearts on God, then suddenly everything we do and everything we say matters in a different way. Because when we can worship God anywhere, when we are choosing to be aware of, of God's overwhelming presence, his inbreaking into this world, when we realize that in our ordinary lives, that each moment is an opportunity to be in the presence of the holy, that each thing that we do is, is an opportunity for us to worship God, that it's hard and it's scary. Because then it's really hard to make excuses. But worship, worship changes us. Because when we fix our heart on God, when we don't limit worship, certain things, when we don't limit worship to what happens here on Sunday mornings or when we just listen to praise music or when we just read scripture, when, when we let worship become our whole life, when we offer up our lives before God, we are changed. But we were created to worship. And we are able to worship. We are able to know this God we call our Lord and our maker. We are able to know his story. And to know that he knows our stories, that he knows our names. In every moment, with every breath that we take, we are able to name the one who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who is our refuge and our strength and our hope. That he is with us in every moment, in every trial, in every joy, that God is there. That our hearts get to be aware of his goodness. We get to worship a God who sees the very worst in us, our very worst moments. A God who sees our our brokenness and yet refuses to turn his back, refuses to walk away, refuses to start over. But a God who chooses to pursue us with every bit Every bit of our lives pursues us.
A God who took on flesh. As a baby born in a stable, laid in a manger. A baby born to die on a cross so that we could be called sons and daughters of the Most High God. This is the God we get to proclaim. This is the story that gets to shape our lives. This is why our lives are every day gets to be an act of worship because we get to know this truth and take it with us everywhere we go, with every person that we see, with every act that we do. We get to have shaped into our hearts, into our very being, who God has chosen to be for us, who God is. That we do not have to fear, we do not have to worry, but that even when we do, that God cares about those fears, God cares about those worries, God cares about what weighs us down, that God God cares about our smallest worries and our our biggest fears. Our God is good. We get to know this. We get to know how good our God is. We get to call him Abba Father. We get to worship him with every bit of who we are, with every bit of our day. We get, to, we get to claim him for who he is. And it's because of who he is. It's because of who we are called to be as believers that we come together this day as the sons and daughters of God. We come and gather around this table, around the Lord's table. Because it is at this table in this tangible meal that we remember a God who isn't distant, but is close enough for us to touch and taste. It's at this table that we come today to refocus our hearts and our lives on him, on the one we are able to worship and know. So it's at this table that we gather, remembering the night that Jesus took bread, broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body that I will break for you. I remember how he took the cup, said, this is my blood, my love poured out so that you may know forgiveness. It's at this table that we gather remembering that Jesus has conquered death so that we might know life. It's at this table that we hear Jesus call our names. 
calling us and inviting us to come. And so we ask, O Lord, that you pour out your spirit upon these gifts of bread and wine and upon us gathered here. Make this be for us the body and blood of Christ so that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Make us one in ministry with you and with one another until Christ returns and we all feast at his heavenly banquet and proclaim with all creation the glory of our God and King. Amen.